podcasting at the crossroads of fandom. This is Northwest Nerd, bringing you news and entertainment and the stories that make us nerds. Hi there, I am pop culture journalist Dyer Oxley, and I am back here with another rerun, pulling from our Northwest Nerd archives here from some of the spooky stories and content that we've put out in the past. And this one's a little bit different. The other reruns I've done this month have been all around the ghost stories that we've done here on Northwest Nerd. Some of my favorite stuff to do is our annual Halloween ghost story. Well, one year, uh, I thought it would be fun to kind of switch things around a little bit. We decided to discuss perhaps the top horror movie topic to discuss, the zombie apocalypse. I mean, it's not just about how you would survive zombies, it's how you would survive in general. So, for one episode in our first season, I pulled together a roundtable of experts. Probably the first roundtable we actually ever did on Northwest Nerd. We got Z Nation co-creator, writer, and producer Craig Angler. They filmed that show out in Spokane, by the way, so it's a Northwest property here. And then we also pulled in infectious disease expert Dr. Tara Smith with Kent State, who also happens to be a zombie expert. And I'll give you a little background uh, behind this panel here, because we got them to talk about the science, the Hollywood, the weapons, and just survival facts in general, but uh, Dr. Smith and uh, Craig Engler, I I saw them at a panel at Rose City Comic Con, and it was one of the best panels that I actually saw. You know, I'm I'm a bit of a panel critic when it comes to Comic Cons. You know, I've been to a lot of panels, I've seen a lot of duds. This one, this was just a home run. I mean, it was perfect. You had the pop culture, you had the actual science, and so, like all good art, I just kind of stole it. <laughs> I, I put, I brought them on the podcast. I wanted, I wanted everybody to hear about what they had to say, and it was great. The, the problem emerged, however, that uh, Craig had some scheduling difficulties, and he was trying to do this interview. He wanted to do the interview, but he was doing it in the middle of New York, and uh, he's having trouble because he's got stuck in a coffee shop, and then he got stuck out on the street, and there's trucks backing up, and they're beeping, and so he had some sound issues. And so I'm talking uh, with Nick because we had interviewed them together and trying to figure out how, how can we do it. Because some parts were great, but other parts, the sound was just not good. And um, I could tell he felt a little bit bad about it. But, I mean, it was fine. We, we were able to work around it because then I brought in some of my friends in the film industry of sorts here from the Northwest. Uh, Liz Ellis and Travis Sampson. They uh, are from the Northwest. At least they originally from the Northwest. Since recording this... They actually moved down to Los Angeles uh, to further pursue their dreams of working in the film industry, which they are doing right now. But when I knew them up here, and we kind of lived in the same town, we would always be discussing how we would react to the zombie apocalypse. And so I kind of I put this all together in a recipe for a roundtable. We took what Craig Angler was saying and Dr. Tara Smith and then Liz and Travis and Nick and I kind of threw around these ideas and we just figured, okay, what are the best methods of surviving a zombie apocalypse? I think we came to some pretty concrete answers. So unlike previous episodes where I've just played you the nerd story, I'm actually going to play you most of this podcast that we did in episode 24. We are going to revisit our Zombie Apocalypse Roundtable right now. So with us today, we have Liz Ellis and Travis Sampson. Hello. Who are very, very happy to be here. uh, Thanks for coming in. Yes, Yes, we're so lucky and Uh, welcome. (laughs) Really quick, uh, for the uh, folks not in the know, uh, can you tell us a little bit about yourselves, your backgrounds, where you're from? I know Travis here has a uh, podcast he could tell folks about. Yeah, I have a show. It's so weird, first of all, to be in the same room with people as you're recording, like this eye contact thing. Like the reason that podcast Isn't is so great? I don't, I can interact without making eye contact. You know, in, in the entire time that Nick and I have done this, I've actually never once looked him in the <laughs> eye, so it's okay. Uh, I'm still as socially awkward on mic as I am Just in person. because I stare into his when I'm talking. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, but yeah, we have a show. It's a nerdy. It's nerdy in a capacity like they this. wouldn't know anything about that here. Um, they wouldn't. Uh, it's about drones, kind of about like first person. Flown drones. Oh, I might actually listen to that because at first I just thought you droned on and on. Oh, there's actually a show uh, called Droning On. Uh, and it's terrible. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, so that's I have very limited podcast experience, but 
that's what I got. I have a lot of zombie knowledge, though. So it's I, I have actually listened to, to your podcast, and it actually is pretty intriguing. You can tell uh, when uh, there actually is a niche or uh, a niche audience, and I think sure. yours is definitely that. You understand that, okay, people that are in the know are actually going to be – as opposed to like a nerd geek podcast where – Everybody and their college roommate and their dog have uh, have like a nerd podcast out there. So, mm-hmm. but, yeah, that um, you guys were using words I had no idea existed, um, <laughs> things like that. Liz, I have been friends with for a very, very long time back in my days on Bainbridge Island. I'm glad you're bringing up our friendship because I wasn't sure that I had any other qualifications. And so it's good. It's good. That I have at least one resume item. <laughs> No, um, well, I, I did say friends. I did not say that I have tolerated you for <laughs> for a number of years now. Uh, uh, but in the time that I have tolerated you, uh, you have started a film studio of sorts. You have done a web show that of has sorts. won quite a few of lo- quite a few awards of sorts. Um, and you started a web fest, which got absorbed by SIF. Can you just That's explain all this so that I'm just not. Over, you know, just <laughs> glancing across it. Uh, so I made a web series that we're not going to talk about. But then I went uh, with a bunch of other people who were actually talented. But my part was anyway. It doesn't matter. I made a web series, and then I took it to some festivals where it did well for some reason. And then I met other people who had web series at those festivals and whatever. And we there's a great thing that had been going on for years, led by Darlene Sellers in Seattle, the web series meetup, um, for which she decides to take no credit, but for which she is very responsible um and so we got together decided we could have our own web series festival and we ran it for three years at northwest film forum at long my darling sellers myself um and it did pretty well and then sif was like that's cool we're gonna do episodic now come help and so we're working with them and that's gonna be on june 2nd if you're in seattle come see some web series uh, at shoreline community college uh during sif excellent and aside from the fact that you have a film uh, theater background ever since I of sorts ever <laughs> since I have known you uh, zombies has been a hot topic I know that when I worked at a newspaper on Bainbridge Island I actually did like a Halloween article where I actually set up a survival system for the island uh, just so you know on Bainbridge Island one of the first things you gotta do is blow up that agate pass bridge which is convenient uh-huh. because all the fireworks stands are just on the other side so you go across to Benny's Jets <laughs> stock up right? drop them all off on the bridge on your way back I haven't given this any thought yeah no and, and then you cannibalize all the boats and get their radios for communication. there's so many boats most people on Bainbridge have two or three boats get to Sakai Elementary <laughs> get those solar panels get the solar panels on the uh, on the on the yeah at the uh City Hall. Anyways, Dang, this yeah, is getting a little too inside baseball uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. for people that aren't there. But <laughs> from a Bainbridge Islanders out but there, we know. though, yeah, <laughs> we know. We know the dark horse is uh, you want to go to Bayhan Feed because you're going to get a lot of good survival gear there, a lot of seeds and yeah. And you're going to be the first one. Right. Everybody else is going to be down at Safeway picking up stuff that's going to be expired in a couple days. But we're planning it. And what you want to tap into is those CSAs that you have on the Girl. Uh, <laughs> on, on the, Girl, uh, on the island, and those CSAs are going to be producing all the food anyway. So, mm. point being. Uh, zombies have been a hot topic. I thought it would be perfect to bring you guys in um, with this interview that we had with Craig Angler and Dr. Tara Smith. So I have a few clips here that are, we're going to bring up about zombies in film, uh, real life viruses and infections, diseases, and that whole gray area that lies in between them. And starting off, I thought it would be nice to listen to Craig tell us about the history of zombie films and how they've kind of changed and evolved into almost like this, we have kind of like one type of zombie these days. Well, I mean, the original Night of the Living Dead, there is no cause given for zombies, right? They, they allude to the fact that there's a satellite and some kind of radiation, and then the dead start walking, and they never call them zombies either. So I think the, and then way back, if you go back to the super early origin of zombies, you know, they were supernatural, magical, there's, you know, voodoo involved in some of them, so... You know, it's only the modern zombie that is the one that is, uh, you know, like you get a virus or a plague. You know, way back in the day, it was just like some guy turning dead people into into slaves. Um, or in the case of George Romero, there was really nothing there. I think it's just that, that general move to make things as more realistic as possible, if that makes any sense. So it's like, hey, we can't just have them have some random, you know, thing. We'll, we'll use something that is as close to realistic as we can get and i think people ended up with plagues there's also a lot of you know fears uh, around that time of hiv and later on you got bird flu and all that kind of stuff so 
you know, I think it was just really taking kind of what was in the world and, and what would make it more realistic. But even the Dawn of the Dead remake that Zack Snyder did, the, the main cause of the zombies appears to be the, the preacher on TV who says there's no more room in hell. So the dead mm-hmm. are smelling, you know, are falling out. It's like there was really no cause given in Dawn of the Dead, the remake, which is a great, probably my second favorite zombie film of all time. I prefer my zombies without an explanation. Really? Mostly because my favorite zombie movies are the funny ones. Okay. And you don't really need any science for those ones. But like I'm Shaun of the Dead. Shaun of the Dead is okay. exactly the movie I was going to bring up. So there we have we have the mystical. I uh, in in. He does point out at one point when we were talking to him that uh, in the even in the remake with Zack Schneider, uh, one of the only good films he's ever made, is that um, <clears throat> that like hell- you just you just made him Jewish. You just threw in a sh into that <laughs> Schneider. Schneider. Uh, I did not realize I did that, and now I'm feeling extremely <laughs> an- anti-Semitic. Uh, I apologize. I don't think so. No, Playfully. I you apologize. Mean, you uh, only made it anti-Semitic when you thought that it was bad that you made him Jewish. Yeah. Okay. What the f- All right. <laughs> Am I going to buy his Funke again? Is this what's happening? Like, this is this is recorder. Yeah, this is unscripted. Uh, Okay. Anyway, uh, you want to go back and say Snyder in case you want to cut this out? I'm Funking it up. Mm -hmm. Point being, in Dawn of the Dead, even the remake, they uh, talk about how hell's just ran out of room and they spilled out. You know, I love society. That. So, um, which do you prefer? Do you prefer like this mystical or even no explanation versus some sort of viral plague that's been unleashed on humanity? Well, there's there's the in between zone, right? Because like hell is full is fucking badass. Um, whereas you know it's a satellite, blah blah blah, is kind of weird. Um, my favorite is probably Twenty Eight Days Later because it's sort of in between. It's like magical realism me thing where they're showing the apes. You know, uh, that would be viral for right Travis. Right? Yeah, but then when he asks, he's like, "They're infected with what? Rage." Like, <laughs> you know, like, it's not. It's just about it plays on actual fears that we have, right? Of of consumerism was a big thing that people talked about. He talked about HIV, and then you know, people just being pissed and hurting each other is definitely part of what I think Danny Boyle was playing into. Yeah, Travis, any thoughts on what you like? I think you were on the right track when you're talking about comedies versus actual scary movies. Like when it's a comedy and the zombies are just a prop, like in Shaun of the Dead, yeah, then yeah you want just like a mindless zo- capital Z zombie. But in like 28 Days Later or something like that, where it's actually supposed to scare you, like of course the the infectious disease part is the scary thing. Um, uh, so yeah, so in a st- stupid silly movie, I want just a you know I want like a like a you know Left for Dead kind of just bash the brains in zombie. So, Purist. what would be around the room? Take some temperature. What's your favorite zombie film out there if you had to choose one? I like Shaun of the Dead. I don't know why. It's so good. I'll tell you why. It's so good. Because it's amazing. Why. Yeah. It's excellent. And the zombies are going to pick Shaun of the Dead. And I'll tell you why. It's because it has what's good about the scary ones, but also what's good about the funny ones. Because yeah. the scary ones, you're right. They have to think things through more, they have deeper right. world building and stuff like that, which I think Shaun of the Dead has. Mostly through the characters, but then also at the end when his friend gets infected and they're like, you can't just kill him even though he's a zombie. He's still a person in there. We're going to keep him as a pet. And I love that little bit of comedic world building. And it, you have a great time watching it. Shaun of the Dead's easily my favorite zombie movie. Yep. Or second place, Evil Dead 2. Okay. I'm going to pick on that one. Is Evil Dead a zombie movie? Is it even a, is it a scary movie? Yes. <laughs> Evil Dead 2 it, is. It's scary and it's, a it's horror funny. Movie. I mean, okay. it's a Evil horror movie. Because I've seen this, and you even showed me a list where they said Evil Dead was, was on a zombie movie list. I have never considered Evil Dead on the zombie spectrum. I understand it's reanimated dead people. Isn't that what zombies thought, are? Zombie yeah, but this was funny. more like demon possession. I might be nitpicking this way too much. Liz, what was your favorite? Uh, I said 28 Days Later earlier, and I'm just going to stand by that because uh, I haven't been able to think of anything else. And that movie's great. That's a solid choice. Yeah, thank right you. There. Appreciate it. Um, which kind of brings us... Wait, uh, wait, wait. Dyer, you have to pick one. Oh, that's right. also Shaun of the Dead. No. I, honestly, now I, gotta, now I got to go the other way. So I actually think I will go Dawn of the Dead. Uh, I'll even choose the remake. <laughs> it's got the Johnny Cash thing happening that's It's got the Johnny awesome. Cash thing and... Um, yeah, just the idea of, I think because that's what I would do. I would find a place to go to. And and Tara and Craig talk about this later, uh, but uh, a place to kind of lock yourself in and bunker down, 
you know, bug in, as you will, that's not necessarily your house. But um, the mall is a perfect place to go to. You'd probably have adequate food supplies. You'd probably have a sporting goods store. You could wear all the Hot Topic and not feel bad about it because nobody's going to see. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> or you could just wear it and just, yeah, just, you know, zombies you are around. Match. Hot Topic, Pack Sun. who cares? Live Who's going to know? Live out your Marilyn Manson. Can you imagine the Spencer's Gifts fun you could have? <laughs> oh, man. oh, my God. So, yeah, Dawn, Dawn of the Dead is probably where I would go with that. Point of order, Liz? Yeah. Can okay, so I was just thinking about movies, but there's shows. There's Z Nation, obviously, yeah, um, which is full of many excellent Seattle talents. Uh, the Walking Dead. We won't talk about recent events, but The Walking Dead has some cinematic genius yeah. in it. Here's here's the thing: is I'm kind of coming to a Star Wars, Star Trek uh, type mentality with Z Nation and Walking Dead. That's unfair. Really? Cause, well, because when I'm watching Z Nation, when I first watched Z Nation, which is the show that that Craig, the guy we interviewed, Craig Engler, yes. he's producer, writer, director, and creator. some cases creator um, of this show. And when I first watched it, I don't think I, I kind of got it. And then I watched, you know, I I sat down with it again, and I was like, oh, there's humor here. Like oh, yeah. there's yeah, like, and I didn't that kind of went over my head because I watched Walking Dead first, and I kind of expected that kind of dark. The world didn't need another Walking Dead. Right, and yeah. and he comes along, and I'm like, oh, although we and, got one, <laughs> and they're able to actually do some character development within within this. Uh, once you watch it, that show's got such solid casting. Um, and Z Nation, Z Nation, and the character of Murphy alone. I it's just, got great. The thing in Walking Dead is it's all the gritty, like emotional. We're all so fucked up thing. Yeah, and in Z Nation, it's like, yeah, I'm a, I'm gonna kill ten thousand. You know, it's got he's it's got these like larger than life kind of like really committed archetype characters, yeah. which is where the the, there's a goofy element that, and it's still committed. When you to have the being Liberty Bell, a zombie show, Liberty Bell rolling down the street, smashing zombies yeah. along, like that is. Z Nation knows exactly what it is, and so, I love it for it. Exactly. Apropos yeah. of nothing, one night you just texted me three words, which was zombie marijuana plants, and I was like, I don't know where <laughs> Dyer is Zweed. <laughs> if there was one, if there's one way to pacify the zombie hordes. Weed. Z-weed. Uh, no, I, if I was going to pick one of those shows, I'm going to have to say uh, Z Nation for two reasons. One, because it's in the Northwest. And because you're it's a Star Trek be, guy. It's because it's going to uh, be a little bit more real for me. Mm-hmm. You know, it's that Northwest connection, so I'm biased. And two, it's because I interviewed Craig Engler, and he's on this show, so it is my favorite. <laughs> uh, and, and that's why I'm biased. Uh, though, m- moving on, we've talked about this whole... I forgot he was going to hear this while I was saying that stuff about Z Nation. <laughs> so we... <laughs> When we talked about this show, we talked about... He's done his part. We talked about the uh, incubation period. Tara actually talks about 28 Days Later and incubation periods, which uh, I kind of wanted to get into here. The incubation period. So, like, if you look at the movie of of World War Z, not so much the book, they actually do it better, but, you know, the movie, you had, like, the 13, three-second or whatever, you know, incubation period from when people are bitten when they turn into a zombie... Or similar in 28 Days Later, you know, it's really, really fast, which just isn't how it happens, because you have to have a virus, you know, that enters the body, it replicates, and then it, you know, slowly develops symptoms. So in 28 Days Later, you get a drop of blood in your eye and immediately start flipping out. What does she know about how it happens? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Should I go over qualifications again? She's a doctor, uh, zoonic diseases. Uh, she heads her own lab on infectious diseases. Yeah, she's uh, she's kind of like on the disease of rage. She's kind of <laughs> wicked smart. Does she work for the Umbrella Corporation? <laughs> she could. Okay. No. Um, I think she actually has a good point there. I mean, there is a point in which, um, even when talking with Craig and and uh, asking him like little things about how a show works, he would just he would just kind of come back and look. It's Hollywood. Okay. Yeah. So I mean, at some point. There is, I think, a Hollywood aspect. At some point, you got to tell your story. Because another one of uh, uh, Dr. Tara Smith's nitpicks that she had for zombie stories is the the everyone gets infected except for a core group of people thing, yeah. which she thought was completely unrealistic. And Craig butted in and was like, yeah, we... I mean, it's a story at the same time. We, yeah, got to make it a little dramatic. Well, if you're also going Walking Dead, or, or even in, in Z Nation, I mean, everybody has the disease... It's just who has survived the best, I guess, right? Because when you die, you're going to rise up anyway, right? I think with the gestation period or what was incubation period, yeah, yeah. I think well, that sexy words. if you just you got to just you know build your world and pick something and stick with it, right? If it's a week or if it's like one drop in your eye and two minutes later, then you're a zombie. Then as long as it's consistent, it's fine. Like if if you can 
have your belief unsuspended, like because you're just believe unsuspended because of like some incubation periods too short. Like you've already given up on it being realistic when you started watching a zombie show. <laughs> That's one thing I got to give Walking Dead when they go to the CDC and they're describing. I mean, he's all the scientist. There's, you know, oh, sometimes it's a few minutes, sometimes it's a few hours. Like it's, right. it's, uh, we don't know what it is, but whatever it is, it works differently with different people and metabolisms. I was like, all right, they're trying to work in some stuff there. I prefer. Like when you get a cold or the flu, like it doesn't just, you know, somebody sneezes near you and then 30 seconds later you're just. You start shaking you start and vomiting shaking. blood exactly. and then you kill your daughter. <laughs> exactly where I was going with that. So, but with uh, with like a zombie virus, you would think that, oh, okay, naturally something is going to take a few days to like get me down. And, then... and there's great storytelling in that too. There's a tragic moment in Walking Dead. Spoiler alert. Where a guy, you know, they leave a guy propped against a tree with a gun in his lap to take out as many as he can with them, you know, kind of a thing. There's something, there's the the knowing, you know, you were talking earlier, Travis, off air about it comes at night. Like there's something really extra, extra tragic about like knowing what's going to happen to you and not being able to do anything about it. Look, Walking Dead um, came out in 2010. All right, the first season. If if you if if you haven't seen it, this is on you now. This is not spoilers. All right, if you haven't seen it at this point, that I'm not giving you a spoiler alert. All Do you right? guys know that if Ned Stark dies? It? By the way, <laughs> exactly. I know who killed Dumbledore. I just I just want to let all of you know, Sam Beckett never returns home. All right, he never gets home, and Al ends up with his first wife. Sorry, spoiler alert. If you weren't there in 1993. So, What's amazing is I think this will be the first episode where his Sam Beckett reference actually makes it into the final cut. <laughs> <laughs> Which one well. is this? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, this every like episode. <laughs> so uh, that brings us to what you need in a zombie apocalypse. The infection has happened. We are there. I'm apparently stabbing everybody in the head. Mm-hmm. Um, which we asked Tara and Craig, one scientist, one Hollywood, what exactly would you do in a scenario, the world's ending, and zombies have taken over? So they told us, the same answer, actually, for the Ooh. one thing that they would get. Water filters. The number one thing you're going to have mm. to get is clean, drinkable water. Because you're not going to, you know, let's say you break into the museum and get your nice fancy mace that I'm advocating. It's no good if you, you know, die of dehydration. So I'm going to yeah. I'm gonna say water filters, purification tablets, whatever you can get. Once all this stuff breaks down, right, more people are going to die of dysentery than die from coffee. <laughs> I mean, that's the real truth, right? I mean, I was in Manhattan on 9-11, and I was in Manhattan for the blackout, and I was in Manhattan for uh, one of the hurricanes. I can't remember which one. And basically, within two days, the this, this city is immobilized. You can't get anything. You know, the people who lost power after the hurricane uh, who were in uh, downtown had to walk up uptown just to charge their phones, right? Your phone would be useless like two days into the apocalypse if, if the electricity goes out. The water is not going to keep running forever. And where are you going to get clean water? So gasoline goes bad after two years. So within a, like a week of an actual zombie apocalypse, people are going to be dying of starvation. They're going to be dying of dehydration. They're going to be dying of disease, probably more quickly than the zombies. But that's not as fun, right? It's more fun to see somebody die being attacked by a zombie than having dysentery. That is more fun. Yeah. Dysentery <laughs> is always more fun. It is fun. Uh, so they, in number one item in both of their kits, their zombie kits, wasn't guns, bats, whatever. It was water filters. What say you? One thing that you didn't mention in our introductions is that Travis and I know each other also. Um, we're biblically, biblically. Yeah. Um, and one thing, you know, we've been together for almost five years, so I'm just letting out little pieces of crazy bit by bit now that it's too late. Yeah. Um, congratulations on reaching that stage. (laughs) Yeah. Thank you. We call it pre zombie. Yeah. Um, one thing that he may not realize because I'm not sure I've revealed this part of the crazy to him is how many life straws are in our house. Well, you are a bit of a prepper, which was another reason to have you on here. I I wasn't sure if that would be offensive or not to say, because there might be a negative connotation with preppers. But wait, what is a life straw? Life straw. It's a it's a straw. It's a big, stupid looking straw that you drink through, and you can it filters. Kind of filters on demand, so you can put that in a stream, and people bring it camping with them, and it will filter right away, as opposed to like maybe tablets. You would go Right. right. You'd wait. Yeah, and you would wait, but that's like right on demand. And those things are hard to have you used one? No, because I'm hoarding them. Okay. Because <laughs> I, I actually have, um, we have indoor plumbing in our house. Yeah. So I'm just going right to say, I don't, <laughs> I, I understand sometimes. that uh, this is a family show, 
But the jokes are ripe with that thing when you're trying to use that, and you have to <laughs> you have to suck the heck out of it to yeah. get that. Because I mean, you're essentially trying to force that water through a filter against gravity. Mm-hmm. And I, um, all right, I like the idea only that your that's the thing you're worried about too. after all the distance. After the zombie and- comes around, I'm, I'm, when I'm drinking that straw, I'm like, I hope nobody's around to see me do this. <laughs> 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 hope no one thinks the wrong oh, thing man. about this. Yeah, this is like a lot of innuendo what going is he on. Doing down zombies there? are gonna happen upon you. Start laughing and then yeah. attack. It's a straw. <laughs> You'll kill the weak. It's a straw. Come on, zombie. Uh, in answer to your previous question, I have to be a prepper because I'm physically weak and I don't know things. Yeah, so yeah, I gotta, I gotta stock up. Well, so so you're stocking up on survival supplies. Is is that how? Would that be your? I mean, it's just stupid little shit that I had a nightmare about once. So I got a life straw. I got a hand crank radio. I got. Oh, that's uh, smart. Well, yeah. I got some blankets. You had a nightmare and you woke up in a cold sweat just, and said, oh, I'm, life straws. I need NPR. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, I need to hand crank some NPR out. Just the things I get paranoid about, I then remedy, and uh, and I don't know what I don't know, so it's all good. How many of these straws have you found? So Zero. Okay. I don't know there were any. So what would you get then in, in this scenario? Well, I would depend on Liz, like I do in most of my life. Okay. I'd be like, oh, we're out of whatever. I hope there's more of it or I'll die. One thing, actually, I think that's overlooked a lot for this kind of stuff is like um, the guy said in the clip, uh, cell phones will be gone, right? So cell phones will be worthless, internet will be worthless. Uh, you should make a buddy that's into ham radios because yeah. like that's the communication you'll need. And so the first thing I would do is talk to my nerd friends from my podcast, you know, stuff, and be like, hey, which one of you guys has one of those ham radios? Because that, like, how else would you communicate with the world? Well, if you're on Bay Ridge Island, you would go down to the wharf and the docks, and you would get every single one of those VHF, which have to usually be run direct site. So you'd have to set up a communications network that oh, yeah. are charged by the solar panels on the city hall and at Sakai Elementary. Just throwing that out there. Yeah. I don't know Vashon Island situation or whatever. <laughs> that and blow up the Agate Pass Bridge. But, nope. yeah. Dyer yeah. and I would be a great team. Yeah. You guys would be a great team. Who survives the longest in this room in a zombie apocalypse? Oh, I'm pointing. Why am I pointing on the radio? (laughs) (laughs) Who are you pointing at, Liz? I don't know why I would survive. Travis. Well, okay, so you're a drone guy, which is not... So no. th- that that like that could come in handy. I could see a scene in the movie. Don't those we could need make batteries and stuff. Though? Where that would, yeah, you would charge has, them up with the solar on, panels. Well, after right. the yeah. thing, they run on brains too. So we can, yeah. <laughs> but then also like you have to. That's all electrical shit that you have to know how to do. Yeah, I can tinker stuff. You're forever just going like, oh, your bridge? car's broken in a way that to me is like, well, just take it to the take it to the yard, and he'll just go out there and be like, pop the hood, and like, ah, I I fixed it. I put a new. There's a certain number of practical the, things that I can do. Yeah, yeah, that's you know, important. I actually think the drone thing is a benefit because, and we, Nick and I were getting coffee and we were actually kind of workshopping this and we're thinking, okay, well, one, drones, you can actually see around the corner if you wanted to. You could actually yeah. see what's going on, Create where the zombie hordes. Uh, Lead them away. Or as a diversion. And, yeah. and if, they're, if they're like, you know, mindless, like, oh, what's this? Maybe you could hang some brain on a string or something and then just... Get them to go away. Why do they make noise? The noise would probably the no- do it well, as well. depending on the level. You might of not have to hang have. some brain. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love hanging brain. brain. You guys want to, you know, on Saturday hit the beach, maybe hang I just, some brain. Yeah, I just <laughs> blew myself again. There, Is that what's going on? Um, you got to suck that life straw to the brain hangs out. <laughs> you guys coming to the brain hang next week? <laughs> uh, new mouse rat name. Yeah. So. uh uh um oh man oh drones. we broke that I don't know where we were with that but Travis well, the other with thing your is... drones you have recently I've seen actually go out into the wilds mm-hmm. you got some mountain safe usually it's very like acrobatic um have yeah. you scouted any areas that you thought I, where, where where were those by for the way? zombies well not for zombies I don't know if you're looking for zombies up there I'm but always looking for zombies where were you recently at when you took those scenic scapes we were in Snoqualmie Pass which is okay. like the Cascades um yeah. I'm not sure if everyone listens to the show is from Seattle. Uh, from the not. northwest, these are all the northwest nerds. Oh, good. Yes. Okay, so yeah, the Cascades. Um, yeah, you could definitely use it for scouting stuff. But like you said, the noise. Like in some, like all of my zombie knowledge comes from video games, which is, so it's limited. Uh, but in those games, anything you do that makes noise just attracts a horde of zombies. So yes, you could use it as diversion, but it'd be a little scary because if you landed it near yourself, that's just a big loud thing. Yeah, at some point you have to get it back, right? Yeah, yeah. Well, or not. Yeah. I don't Send know. Us. Well, you could. You Although could you can handle your drones, I was watching some of those videos. That's yeah, I could hand, it'd be fun to, to maybe you lead them all into a pit. <gasps> Ooh, that's a good idea. Like lemmings. Ooh. Yeah, and then you just set them or on fire. Put a chainsaw on it, tear through them. Need a big that's one. That's cool. Yeah, 
This is uh, or as you as that uh, teenager did in what in Jersey, put like a gun on it. And oh yeah, things got real scary. My goodness. So of course it was Jersey. In <laughs> it seems like a Florida story to me. Yeah, they're the same. Yeah. They're just more <laughs> tan. Jersey is the tan. Florida of of the North. Well, um, more tan yeah. for real, more tan for fake. Yeah, exactly. One thing that I got uh, to talk to Tara uh, Smith about was. Um, zombie math and i was fascinated by this she she's on a couple articles talking about this and the, the sound at the time she's describing it uh we weren't able to get it to work as well so i'm going to try to explain what she was explaining as best as i can with my uh public school education <laughs> um so zombie math is essentially uh doctors like tara will take a whole bunch of data points a whole bunch of scenarios they put them into computer modeling um, and you get rural versus urban situations. If a vaccine is available, how quickly can we get vaccines out? And then they'll mathematically model how a real infection would work and how does it spread? Is it aerosolized? I mean, there's all these different things that they can do. And so, uh, and they actually use this, they'll use like the zombie thing to actually teach students as well. So um, she's describing to me zombie math. There was a doctor in Canada whose name is Dr. Robert Smith with a question mark at Whoa. the end. Yeah, he actually has a question mark, which my theory is mm -hmm. that he didn't want to be confused with the cure. So he was just, you know, uh, I'll have the question mark next to it. just go by Bob at that point. But... Or he's not sure if okay. he's a doctor. And he, he <laughs> ran <laughs> he ran a... Um, a big Anchorman fan. <laughs> he ran a big uh, scenario himself just on zombies, and this is the conclusion that he came up with. He actually modeled this looking at you know, what would happen if you had, you know, a quarantine, kind of like they tried to put in in 28 days later, um, which, of course, fails. Um, but, you know, if you if you put that in or if you were able to go out and and get like an army of, of healthy people who were, you know, bashing in zombies heads to try to uh, to prevent spread of infection and things like that. And in each case, basically, the zombies overran everything. Um, because unlike, of course, a regular infectious disease, you know, zombies don't recover. They don't get better and then stop spreading it to other people. Um, it just goes on and on and on. Um, so basically, in everything that he did, humans died out. So we're screwed. Zombies always win. This is the shit I don't like to think about because it also applies to things that could actually happen. Like, I don't like thinking about somebody breaking a vial of smallpox in Times Square uh, because, you know, I, then I wouldn't sleep at night if I thought about that. If the zombies always always won? What well, if you were on an island? People... <laughs> and you blew up the bridge. <laughs> the thing oh, is, wait people, a the solar panels from the school. <laughs> humans with smallpox trying to survive are going to do pretty similar things to what zombies would do, I feel like, in terms of, you know, smash and get to the peanut butter or whatever you need. Yeah. And I don't want to think Hold about that Hold on much. to that thought. They're not going to be trying because to people, Good point. Later on, uh, the, the biggest clip that we're going to play at the end is the funnest little one here. We're going to go through some tips, and we kind of cover a, a little variation of that thought. All right. Um, do you think the zombies would always win there, Travis? Well, I think <clears throat> it depends on what the universe is, right? Like, if it's if it's infectious, then the first impulse for everybody is to go somewhere where there's nobody. Yeah. Um. And so to those people, we just assume those people die of exposure or yeah. like not having the infrastructure you need to be a human alive. Even if they had somebody. a drone to scout out the Cascades to find a spot. Even if they had a drone and, and all the life straws, you could, they could suck their brains out with life straws. Damn it. Uh, there'd have to be somebody. Like, I don't think you could totally eradicate everyone, right? There's got to be some clever guy in Alaska somewhere. There are still that civilizations we haven't contacted yet. I know. You know? Yeah. That guy Someone out in uh, the middle of the Olympics, I forget his name, <laughs> the guy that wears like moss on his head, that guy's going to survive? That guy's There's a guy survive. on the island who trains mancoons. He just always got big ass cats what? on his shoulders. That guy could live through anything. Wait, wait, that, wait, wait. What is a mancoon? Big ass cat. They're giant, giant cats. Not related oh, to raccoons. Or men. No, but you might confuse them. They're actually, because <laughs> they're so, so large. Right because they're so large. Uh -huh. uh, my friend Alon has a mancoon. I will introduce you. And it's a, it's kind of a freaky cat. Please do. But um, it, because they're so large, they almost have personalities like dogs. Because yeah. just that size variable, they're not as like, I'm a cat, I'm going to play around. They're more like, I'm a cat. I'm going to like... Hear me roar. Yeah, hear me roar. So it's a little bit... They're a little bit bigger. They end up just generally getting overweight, don't they? Just like they well, they're, become they're giant, big. giant cats. Big cats. What yeah. happens to these and other normal animals during the zombie apocalypse? Eat them. I think that depends. I mean, are right? they susceptible to the most virus? cats will be fine. 
Cats, cats are pretty. Uh, cats can feed themselves. Yeah, Most dogs yeah. are going. Most dogs, dogs are gone. Dogs they're are gone. gonna go. I think wild and the, all that. All these uh, hundreds of thousands of years of domestication. They're gonna pack together. You know everything from Chihuahuas to Great Danes. Uh, Elkski, if you don't have her uh, with you, she's going to. If we uh, don't contact her every like three hours, she dies. She'll yeah. <laughs> well, she, okay. Sorry. Very for, for dependent those, animal. For those of, for those of uh, our listeners here that uh, don't listen to Travis's uh, podcast, Elkski is their Great Dane, mm-hmm. who apparently you can hear often in the background of your. She uh, sneaks podcast. her way into the studio sometimes. Yeah. See, I was thinking Elkski would be great because Great Danes. You know why they originally bred, right? Hunting boar. Well, hunting, but they also brought them into battle. They had they had like medieval armor that they would put on these dogs. But it's just so they look scary. Like that's the thing about Elski is her bark is really scary, but she's not. She's the least threatening animal. Yeah, they're in the really world. nice dogs. Great Danes. Oh yeah. God. Yeah. Great nice Danes. is no weak. Pathetic. <laughs> Meek. Meek <laughs> is a good word. Meek. There you go. Yeah. Gentle to the point. You tell of... me you could not train Elski to one put on some really cool armor to look scary, and two just go after some zombies. No. No. No, no, no. <laughs> we could try to bark at some zombies. So Elkski, no, we, could, we could have a hard time training her not to bark. So Elkski yeah. at this point is just a potential food supply when things get tough. Oh, oh, she'll keep us already. warm. Yeah. A spooner. <laughs> well, you need she some. She spoons very well. She is a, she's a world-class spooner. Okay. Uh, but but Elski aside, do animals in this universe, are they susceptible to the disease? Do they Are they enemies? Are they I think friends? it depends. I mean, then, are they that, mancoons? I think if you would uh, ask... Tara, and she briefly discussed this when it gets mm-hmm. into zoonotic things. I mean, some things we talk about, like swine flu, right? Or the bird flu. These are these are viruses and diseases. Mad cat that, disease. Yeah, mm-hmm. that cross species. Not all species cross. I could do a Northwest example. Um, in the uh, Puget Sound, we just had a giant spill of Atlantic salmon, right? Mm. So Atlantic salmon, unlike our Pacific salmon, are susceptible to something they just call the fish flu. And off of Bainbridge Island, where they have uh, some of these farms where they've raised these, they've had the fish flu before, and they've had to harvest them earlier. And they didn't do, they didn't kill them. They just put them on the market because people don't get fish flu. Only the Atlantic salmon do, mm. and the Pacific salmon right. don't get this. Which was one of the worries that if these Atlantic salmon, which they just spilled. I forget how many Millions tens of, of thousands Ugh, yeah. into the Puget Sound, and everybody was trying to go out and fish them out. Um, they uh, they get this flu, so if they're able to one breed within our Pacific community or get into just any of our areas and start an Atlantic salmon population, that could make you know things a little bit more susceptible to this one type of virus that affects fish. So that was a that was like a huge concern. Um, but doesn't affect humans, right? So we could eat those fish and be fine. If that flu, fish flu, evolves and eventually can transfer over to us, I don't know how likely that is. I mean, that's kind of the the equation. I think right. animals do survive. Sure. Um, at whether or not zombies are going after them, whether or not they have viruses or the virus goes to them. So do we want to be eating Deer meat that's tainted. I I don't know at that point. I mean, I might get yeah weird, but um, I avoid deer taint. Yeah, <laughs> I kind of like the supernatural model because it just you can basically yeah. make up whatever rules you want at that point, and you can right. say yeah, this just affects humans because they have souls or whatever. But if you're in that universe, and then it also affects right. animals and pets and stuff, especially you're like, oh man, what do it's... pigs that we eat also have souls then? <laughs> Very troubling stuff. Have you ever looked into the eyes of a pig? Have you looked into the eyes of a pig? They have souls. <laughs> Delicious. <laughs> they have kind of creepy eyes. I don't like looking at pig yeah, eyes. Yeah, because they look like humans. They kind of do. They, they taste like, like humans. Like a pig man. <laughs> yeah, or yeah. a mancoon. <laughs> um, one of the last points I wanted to get to before we get into the, to, to the tips here is uh, it kind of leads us right into it. Uh, Craig, uh, in his expertise in Hollywood, really uh, had to think and boil down how likely it is for you to kill zombies in different ways. And he has a lot of uh, beefs to pick with Hollywood, even though in his show he has an electrified bat with spikes um, of how people will actually kill zombies, Um, you know, knives in the head, shooting everything. And I'll just just let him explain. How easy or hard it would be to kill an individual zombie, right? Because if you think about it, so many times people just, like, grab them and, you know, jab a knife at their head, and then, you know, the zombie is is dead. And it's like, there's so many problems with that. I mean, the human skull is like the toughest thing on your body for a reason. You can't just stick a knife through it and then pull a knife out, right? You're going to stick your knife in. If you stick it in deep enough, it's going to get stuck. And now you're going to be sitting there trying to like get your knife out of some zombie's head, which probably isn't dead because you probably didn't penetrate it enough to do that. 
right? Uh-huh. And now all the other zombies are going to get you. Um, you know, headshots with guns, okay, sure, that's fine. That assumes that you're an expert shot and never miss and your gun never jams and you never run out of ammo. Um, I always see people, too, with baseball bats. And if you actually look at how um, weapons work, right, a baseball bat is kind of the worst possible weapon because it's rounded. And a rounded bat hitting a rounded skull, it's going to glance off. And a lot of the energy from the blow is largely going to be dissipated, right, because you're, having, you're not having a hard thing connect with the hard thing. You're having a round thing connect with the round thing. You could hit somebody in the head like 20 times with a baseball bat, a real person, and it won't kill them. You know, sometimes it will, but sometimes it won't. Bullshit. What is your preferred? <laughs> that was alarmingly dispassionate. I like well, to imagine he, he, him in like the room from Bones or something with like yeah. a fake skull in there where he's just like swinging a bat <laughs> yeah. at you him again and again. This guy goes to work every day and is just like, how could I kill a zombie again? Maybe the Liberty Bell this week or, <laughs> you know, like dispassionate maybe, but this is just like, you know, th- stuff he thinks about probably at lunch of new ways we can kill zombies. If this is The Walking Dead, they're like, hey, Daryl shoots him with an arrow again. You know, yeah, spoiler alert. (laughs) But uh, yeah, he probably thinks about this. I mean, I would probably get a little dispassionate about it. Which, by the way, he was very against crossbows as well. Yeah, at the Rose City Comic Con, we talked. Yeah, because I think the reloading and and accuracy. So, in in a zombie apocalypse, is there a weapon that is your go-to? I think the baseball bat. I think he's he's underestimating the power of a baseball bat. Like, or the power of a baseball bat in your hands. Maybe. Yeah. If you could. You can. He said you can hit somebody twenty times in the head with a baseball bat and probably not kill him. Well, I could. Yeah. Ba- no, you couldn't. It's still a. It's still a baseball bat. I think baseball bats are good because they don't get stuck in the in the zombie. Right. They bounce off. I would say a baseball bat in my hands with my uh, with my ability in sports. Uh, I would probably have to go 50, 60 times. You could do it in I'd... one, Mister. Well, your mustache. sleeves are rolled up, so that means you're extra strong. Uh, well, one thing too with the baseball bat is that, like, if you is this the thing where you can hit a zombie in the head and it like dazes him? I don't know. It depends on what world. If if it's supernatural, maybe in his not. world, in nation, uh, maybe get dazed. It depends on the situation. Uh, in, in in his world, they have an electrified bat with spikes, and okay. if if this, if the, the thing doesn't kill you by jamming it into your head, you can electrocute and fry their brain out. Okay, sure. That seems much more practical. No, but I kind of like that it's the really baseball fun. bat would I bet. bounce off of a skull because then if you're surrounded by more than one zombie, you can kind of get one, keep your momentum, swing it back the other way, yeah. and just keep going. Yeah, it'd wear you out know. though. It you would wear you shoulders. out. Yeah. What about like a like a like a morning star or like what do they call those? A mace. A mace. A mace. Hold on to that thought. Let's Will hold be. on to it. <laughs> I, you're gonna be really pleased. Maybe we should just jump right into the tips here. Let's do it for the radio audience. I want to note that Dyer is now standing up. Well, he's working it. on his baseball bat stance. Yeah. <laughs> I uh, I work at a standing desk. Sometimes I right. sit down, sometimes I stand up. And medically, it is advised that you stand and sit at certain intervals within the day. This is mm-hmm. keeping my blood in circulation. You're not wrong. It's proper. just cute. That's right. Thank you. All right. That's right. Did you hear that, people? I'm cute when I stand. Um, all right. <laughs> the final clip that I wanted to run with us here is uh, a series of tips that I went across the internet Searched far and wide for all these tips, and you can find them out there, of what to do in a zombie attack, what to do in a zombie apocalypse, any sort of zombie scenario. And I picked like 10 that were just kind of, maybe they were a little bizarre, maybe they made a lot of sense, or they seemed a little, they stood out to me a little bit. And I I asked them, I put them in front of a Hollywood guy, and I put them in front of a scientist to see what their answers would be. We're going to run through all of these. Okay. And then at the very end... I'm going to I'm going to hear your thoughts on that. Starting off, head for the Rockies. That area will be relatively untouched after a zombie attack and the outbreak in the urban areas will be worse. I give that yeah. a thumbs up. Yeah. Yeah. Um I think in general okay, but I live in the country on a reservoir with lots of wildlife around me, so I'm not heading for the Rockies. I'm staying right where I am. That that plays into well, yeah, another I'm going one. To Sarah's house, but the rest of you can go to the Rockies. <laughs> that plays into another tip that we found, which is have many weeks worth of supplies and just stick around home, waiting for the outbreak to pass over and for the government to come by with a cure. So that's what Tara would go with. <laughs> that that's what I'm going with. I'm I'm going to wait it out. <laughs> that's Greg. the sucker's gamble. It depends where you live, right? Now that's right. now in um. Uh, if you do your research in terms of prepping, like prepping for a disaster, 
there's bugging out and bugging in, right? And bugging out is you get all your stuff and bugging in is you get all your stuff and you hunker down. You can only bug in if you're in a decent place. So like Tara can bug in. I could not bug into Manhattan. Uh, that would just be, I might as well just seal myself in a tomb and light myself on fire, right? I mean, it's just, you know, that would be the worst possible, you know, place for me to stay. So in general, most people in like a, an urban area need to bug out. And most people in a, in a less densely populated urban area need yeah. to bug in. Okay, next one. Better to flee from a zombie horde than to try to slow it down. In other words, just get out of the way. Run away. Don't try to mess with them. It depends on Sarah? what type of, type of zombie. I mean, you you got the fast zombies. You got the slow zombies. I mean, you going to get run over by all of them if they're still rapid and intact? Or are they shambling and slow? Um, Did I you miss know. a few and, days And what do you have behind gym? you? You know, yeah. are you in a wide open area? Do you have something blocking your way? Well, I don't know. Yeah, that's, that's this, a tough one. This one's totally situational, right? Because, uh -huh. like, if you're in a Kansas wheat field or something and the zombies can see you, like, they'll run your ass down. They don't get tired. Uh -huh. So even if they're walking slow, you can run as far as you want. They're still going to be there. Mm. Um, if you're in a twisty, turny place, you know, where you can lose them. Because, you know, one of the things that we don't really talk about is, is the senses that zombies have, right? Because the zombies, in my imagination, only have the senses that we have. So yeah. if you can hide from them, they can't see you. And if they can't hear you, you know, they're not going to come after you. And they seem to be generally kind of stupid. The ones in our show are, are pretty stupid. Um, so... You know, it depends on where you are. Like, if you're in some place where they can see you all the time, then they're going to run you down. But if you're in some place where you can lose them pretty quickly, yeah, absolutely. There's nothing to be gained by stopping and fighting a zombie because there's, uh, like, billions more. So it's not like you're ever going to get to the end of them. I like that. So let's get into weapons a little bit. Uh, we found a lot of recommendations for a 22 caliber bullet because it would be better for shooting zombies in the head since it's a more fragile, smaller bullet. It'll kind of break up and bounce around in there and scramble the brain more than a different type of bullet. What say you? Uh, this one would have to be all Craig. I don't know. <laughs> different ammo for that well. I mean, dude, if I'm facing like zombies, first of all, it depends how many. Again, a little bit situational. I don't want a 22. 22s can bounce <laughs> off your head. Are Thank you kidding you. me? 22s can't even sometimes get through the skull. There was a, I tell this story all the time. There was a guy in New York and he was a bartender and the um, police came in because he got an attempted robbery. And they're like, well, do you want to go to the hospital? And the guy's like, what do you mean? I, I don't need to go to the hospital. I'm fine. They're like, you got shot in the head, dude. He had a bullet sticking out of his head <laughs> and the bullet, it, he didn't even know he got shot. So that's going to happen when you're shooting a thousand zombies. The only thing that that has going for it is that's a common ammunition type. So you might be able to find it, but I, I wouldn't even, I, you know, once your guns are gone, I, you know, once your ammo's out, I wouldn't mess around with it. Also, shooting is just going to attract more zombies. What are people thinking? Have they never well, seen any of these movies? That that's <laughs> so, actually I don't know. that brings me next yeah. to my my next point here. And one said that uh, machetes are a good investment. They are simple and quick, and guns are better. Uh, I'm really interested in what you have to say on this one, Craig, because uh, of a comment you completely made. Completely wrong. City. Completely wrong. Really? Okay, okay. Here's the problem. Machete <laughs> oh, is going to get stuck. Any bladed weapon that you hit somebody in the skull with is eventually going to get stuck. I'm going to tell you the best weapon. Nobody believes me. You need a mace. You know why? <laughs> because maces are designed to penetrate armor but not get stuck, right? So maces have these sort of short spikes or um, I forget what they're called, but they're like pointy ends. They're sh they're pointy enough so that you get a lot of penetration power but not long enough so they get stuck. Addy's bat, which has the spikes on it, um, is pretty close. Probably those spikes are a little long, but again, it's TV, so we, yeah. you know, a little dramatic effect there. Um, I'm not going to mess around with a machete. A machete is great against people, uh, real people, but it's terrible against zombies. See, one of the reasons I put that question in there is because at Rose City Comic Con, you said something that has had me squirreling ever since because you said Ooh, a, good. Sword, it keeps him up at night. a sword is a terrible <laughs> idea. That would be the last Aww. thing you go for. And that's like my, that was my go to weapon. That's what I always said. I said, I'd get a sword. You know, I don't no. care if it's a claymore, which a claymore no. has to do some damage. Uh, if all, I could even lift it, a, a sword is actually not a close combat weapon. It's more of a, it's 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 like kind of a not close. You know, it's just a little bit of a distance, right? A sword is long for a reason. Yeah. Now, let's just say you run a zombie through with your sword, even by accident. How are you going to pull it out? The zombie is just going to be lunging for it. He's not going to back away like a person would. First of all, what you you don't even have penetration power except at the point. So what are you going to do? Like 
jab the zombies through the <laughs> eye socket. And I mean, if you're really good, maybe. And this nonsense about using katanas, katana is a very fragile sword. It is not meant to cut through bone. Okay, right? I will give you that. And you could, you could do it a couple times when it's sharp, but unless you're, like, constantly sharpening that thing, and, and by the way, like, you kill three zombies, the blade's going to get dull. Now there's four more zombies. No, no, don't mess around with the sword, guys. As a backup weapon, one, maybe? There's one thing, I, one tip I can leave you with is don't, don't screw around with the sword. That's going to get you killed. All righty. That's my favorite take of yours. I'm so yes. happy we got into it. So, <laughs> in other words, I'm going to get a bat left. Um, okay, so <laughs> uh, that's not even that's not even a good weapon for fighting people, let alone zombies. It's really that's not. It's just like a pure TV weapon. It's a terrible weapon. So, uh, Tara, this one might be a little bit more for you. Buy a protective suit, like an Ebola t- style protective suit. No, no. One, you're not going to be able to find the good stuff at like your local Home Depot, and two, you have to keep that on 100% of the time, and People have no idea how sweaty those get. I mean, <laughs> you're in those, you're warm. So if you're in any place that is a warm climate or it's, you know, summer in the Midwest, you're going to be sweating through that in, you know, 10 minutes. So, no, those suits are just ridiculous. They're great for doing lab work in ventilated, air-conditioned spaces within, a, you know, a BSL-4 lab. Um, but for your, for your average person on the street, no way. But no way. as I once saw yeah, on MacGyver. Yeah, 100% agree with that. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, another one. When fighting zombies, form two lines. When the front line shoots, the second line holds. And then when the front line needs to reload, the second line can come up and shoot. Kind of like Revolutionary War. Yeah, it's like the Civil War. Right? Yeah. Yeah, if, if, you're, if you're fighting with a, a brigade of musketeers, <laughs> muskets, then yes, that's totally proper. But no, that, that, that sounds like a that, good way. Terrible. Yeah, for the people in front to get shot. Because people are not going to be that organized or calm, you know, and collected to to carry that out. So this yeah, one, whoever this, wrote this, my biggest tip is is do not pal around the apocalypse. With whoever wrote this list, well, this they're going to get you killed. So in other words, don't pal around with people on the internet because this is every. I went well, to yeah. every website and I just picked the most like bizarre, intriguing ones. Which this one was actually interesting to me. It was just watch Zombieland. And they had a couple. They had a couple lines of that's the most realistic one. Watch Zombieland, which brings us back to some of our previous questions. What do you say you on that's that? That's a pretty solid tip, actually. I don't know, Tara. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, cardio, double tap. You know, again, you're not going to probably hit them on the first try because you're not going to be an excellent mark, marksman. So, you know, you got the got the got the ammo. Might as well uh, go with that one, I guess. Wow, I was actually I was actually not expecting that answer. That's I'd, pretty impressive. Uh, I kind of like that one. The movie yeah. we talked about before, the Dawn of the Dead remake, actually did a reasonably good job uh, with the zombies for the most part. And there are there there I remember they were kind of like mid range. They weren't totally slow, but they weren't totally fast. But uh, I think they did a pretty good job. Basically, hide from them, stay, mm-hmm. get somewhere really high, and lock the doors, and you know. All right. Uh, finally, check social media for warning signs because a real zombie outbreak would not be so fast that people would not be posting about it. What do you think? Jeez, that's that's an interesting one. I would say overall, yes, it depends on less. It's like, you know, the Russian trolls are sort of trying to <laughs> convince us. But, you know, generally social media, you know, I mean, you're going to get a lot of hysteria and stuff like that through it, but probably quicker than watching your evening news. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Um, I mean, again, it, it, it kind of depends on how it happens, too. Like, if it's something that is purposely released, um, you know, they could have some kind of, you know, different teams in different cities to do it all at once. So you may have some, you know, simultaneous outbreaks, you know, across the country or something like that. So that um, that would happen all at once and cause a quick breakdown. But, yeah, that sounds pretty pretty accurate. Okay. And we actually have one more here, the final tip that I came, came across. Don't go to Walmart. Everyone else will have the exact same idea, and it will get messy. Ah, uh, yeah, that maybe, maybe. <laughs> I don't know. I got to think about that one. I would, I would think of um, more offbeat things, you know. Uh-huh. And it's also kind of like the stuff that you grab. Like everyone is going to go into the store and grab bottles of water, which is fine. Grab Gatorade instead. No one's going to think about the Gatorade. The Gatorade has, you know, calories in it. So you know, things like that. I don't know. Walmart. That's going to be situational. Depends on how rural it is, how easy it is to get to. Um, you know, but if you get there first, lock that up and don't let anyone else in. 
Yeah, we have our plan to go to a local antique store that is like a big warehouse. So one, you know, you could camp in it. There's only a couple doors and they're pretty, um, you know, they're like the metal doors. So they're not easy to get in. You have a lot of old tools. You have cooking utensils. You have, um, yeah, you know, weapons, things like that. So that's that's our go-to more than Walmart. Because, yeah, I, I think our Walmart will probably be overwhelmed if we uh, if it comes to that. Okay. Lots of My digest, prepper though. friends. Yeah, a lot to digest. Any immediate reactions to that? Do you want to go through them? Should we go through them in order? Go through however you... I just want to... I'd like to your... start with weapons because I think that the weapons. strongest reactions were to the... the you guys again. were squirreling a little bit. Maybe it's just his... Maybe he just isn't good at carrying a sword. <laughs> you know, well, I, I'm with him on the sword thing I'm... because swords are not... For the most part, when we think of swords, we think of uh, like medieval type swords and things like that from Europe. Those are meant for hacking and stuff like that. That's yeah, not yeah. great for killing a lot of zombies. But like a, I get that. Like a rapier. Right? A rapier yeah. might be pretty good because then you for just, jabbing. But then you kind of have to aim then you for like aim for the eyes. eyes yeah. which Despite the fact that I a claymore is really... a terrible one. Well, because it's heavy that at all. as hell. Yeah, yeah. but. Yeah. Um, but you could hack away with that thing if you want to. I mean, that's just a giant axe blade. I don't know. Handle. I obviously want my sword. I okay, tell. but uh, like but I think he's. I think that kind Craig, of sentimentality gets you killed in the zombie I think, exactly. <laughs> I think Craig is one hundred percent correct about the uh about the sword thing. Um, it's not probably a. It's not a good weapon. The mace thing, though, I think he's like on like pretty pretty spot on about that. However, a mace. You're also going to have a maneuverability thing, you'd think, because it's... I would hit myself with a mace yeah, so much trying to swing that thing around. But yeah. if you knew how to use it, I mean, like you have to swing that thing around. I mean, you really have to. Who knows how maneuver. to? Use, does this guy know how to use a mace? Who knows how to use a mace? He can't I'm use assuming, a baseball bat. I'm assuming <laughs> that in I I am assuming that uh, in research for Z Nation, yeah, he has probably used everything from a bat to a mace. Done a lot of mace work. I want to go back to the machetes and the katanas for a second uh -huh. because. Something that people keep disregarding is you don't need to destroy a brain. You can just cut off a head. That that works in everything. Mm. I am gonna I'm gonna put to you. Do you think that in one fail swoop you can take a, a head off through the neck with a machete? Travis can. Well, in a lot of zombie movies, they're all you like you said rotten. that very confidently, really quick. There, I'm I'm really it's true. A little bit think, worried. I think Ned Stark died. And <laughs> uh, the movies, you know that. And like, it, and a lot of times in movies, the zombies will be like rotten, and you can like just squish their heads yeah. in. So maybe it's a little weaker. But bone is bone. I mean, yeah, bone I, lasts. I, I, that's the thing that I get. I I I kind of came into this with hope for like the blade, and I think Craig really turned me around on this. I don't think the blades probably are the best. Maybe one zombie, but if you have a lot of zombies. I, I mean, I think he's right. I think that blade is going to get stuck in, in somebody's bone. In but you do need head. something kind of silent and reusable. Yeah, I mean, I'm all for that. But yeah, the machete probably is better because machetes have, you know, like thicker blades and on a shorter thing. It's for hacking. But yeah, I mean, I would be really worried. I don't think I would be able to take someone's head off with a machete or a sword. I don't think so either. Or a batlef. I don't know what a batlef <laughs> is. Klingon. Klingon sword. Oh, yeah, the Klingon yeah. sword. It's, what do... Like military and police people use to disperse because what you want you want something that's good against crowds, right? They use. Uh, I have uh, been a reporter in the May Day demonstrations yeah. here, uh, not the actual May Day demonstrations where people uh, care about Seattle, but the one where all these buffoons come into town yeah. and destroy everything. Uh, and the police like to use batons and shields, okay, uh, and then mostly bear spray that uh, makes me throw up. Well, get zombie spray. Yeah. Well, I guess the because somebody said early early that instead of fighting them, you should run from them. Yeah. So maybe instead of a weapon for killing, it should be like like a flashbang or something to be like a deterrent. Just like distract them and then just run into the woods or a grenade or a grenade. Yeah. Like yeah. what do the militaries use on crowds? They don't. It's not like oh, we got a big crowd to take out. Yeah. Get your bat lift or whatever you're talking about, <laughs> bro. Uh, no, that's that's like a big explosive things or distractions. I feel yeah. like shields would actually be because you could the, an unintelligent crowd if yeah. you just put a little put yourself in a little bubble and went through. Like I feel like what you'd want is like Roman maneuvers, right, where everybody gets their oh, shields yeah. together and then wiggles through. Yeah, yeah. I don't know yeah, if it's a whole crowd of zombies. What if they start grabbing the shields and then how are you secured to the shield if you can't slip out of it? Yeah, then suddenly they have control of your arm and then those long shields the SPD were know. using, I think might actually be a good idea because they're kind of like they go in front of you and then you can actually kind of get around them if you want to, and they do create like a decent wall. Um, 
Yeah, it's very Viking-esque almost, like, you know, sh- shields. That's and what we should warriors. be watching. We should be watching, like, nerdy old, like, battle Vikings shows. Yeah. This, yeah. Ooh. We should all watch Vikings in preparation for the zombie apocalypse. <laughs> I'm going to be so ready. Okay, so the, another, the, other, the other question I had was bug out or bug in? Yeah, that was my next point. And you actually might have experience with this, Dyer, because you have had some time on a houseboat. Why don't people just go out into the ocean? Oh, I would do that. Yeah. Here's here's the uh, the thing about... Uh, out in the ocean. Uh, if you have a sailboat, it, ideally a motor sailor, which is not yeah. going to be the fastest. Um, it's not going to be the best boat of a sailboat or a motorboat, but uh, it's going to get you where you need to go. Sure. Um, the problem is you can't stay at sea forever, and you will have to come in for supplies. Everybody that thinks that, oh, I'll just fish for my stuff yeah. is, is just... Just it's basically like Inuits will be fine in a zombie apocalypse. Yeah. <laughs> I've but, seen Waterworld. I'm yeah. pretty sure we'll evolve. Liz, you're squirreling. Well, I have a whole plan. I have a bunch of books on permaculture that I bought. Okay. Um, to go to figure out and do all the math, which I have done on how many people could survive on a ferry boat permanently. Yeah. Um, because if you farm on the top and you keep yeah. livestock on the car deck, you can keep four people alive forever. I mean, See, assuming you don't have that's a good idea. Or you have an island where you can just stick yeah. a bunch of livestock on, on a, and, and clear that island. I, I think a boat is a great idea, and actually that would be the thing that I would do because you do put yourself distance between them. But there are factors. I mean, you get a really good storm. You're probably not going to want to be on that. But one thing can happen. There's a reason why they have a Coast Guard and that they keep going out and rescuing people. Um, there's I, no storm that's going to make it into the Puget Sound that's going to tip over the f***ing Puyallup. Yeah, I was going to say, there's a well, lot of really boat. calm I'm, waters around I'm here. I'm talking yeah. about like a, a cabin cruiser or something that like I lived on for a while. Like a oh, I did my math boat. for a ferry. Okay, yeah, ferries, are, you're going to be fine. All right? Yeah. You, you you put a ferry into Eagle Harbor and, and you're, you'll be fine. Well, you don't want to be too close, be too close to where people can like swim over. And zombies swim? Yeah. Then you're stuck with yeah. all those people on the ferry. and There's going to be some sick ones. There's going to be some ones that don't want to work. Only, no, no, no. There's going to be some Republicans. Sickness yeah, is my main get, concern with yeah, the boat. You don't, you, don't, you don't get a ferry load of people. You get your crew, right? Yeah. And, yeah. and that's who's living on that ferry. But if that's the thing, though, is if you have a big boat that's safe, you're going to get people that want to come aboard mm-hmm. that are unsavory. Which is why mm-hmm. some of your group is just kicking people off into yeah, the water. Yeah, that's what you need. said she can only support Four people, yeah, did necessary. Yeah. So like, there's two. <laughs> the other issue, Elsie, don't forget about Elsky. The other issue you have with a ferry boat, and I know some of them are being retrofitted with uh, hydrogen fuel now. But how uh, are you going to move that thing when fuel does go bad at a certain point? And you are going to want to move that at some point. Tides go up and down. Maybe a storm comes along. You do want to move it. Things like that. Mm. How are you going to be able to? Which is why I think a sailboat, a large sailboat, yeah. is ideal. Yeah, but then you have to know how to use it. You yeah, just put well, the thing up and you wait for the wind. I yeah. don't know that many people Dyer's I like who know how to sail a boat. basically just trying to get into your group, I think. No, yeah. actually what I would <laughs> do is I would get I a harbor, sail. like Blakely Harbor, uh, Liberty Bay, something like that, and I would put in barges that I would do the farming, and the barges would be there, and I would weather protect them. And then- Get in a sailboat. And you bring you bring a barge. I'll bring my ferry, and we can team up, and we can probably fit eight people on this turkey. Sounds <laughs> barge like lord. It. It sounds like the zombie apocalypse folk song. You bring your barge. <laughs> I'll bring my ferry. The thing about preppers, we're talking about. Uh, you know, you have to know somebody that has a lot of stuff that's prepped, and like going to Walmart versus having stuff already. Um, do you guys have any kind of prep stuff, or do you know anybody that does that? And do you know anybody that's a prepper who's also not a terrible person? <laughs> I have no preparation at all. But I, I know people who do, but if I were to try to reach them during a zombie apocalypse, I'd probably die on the way. Yeah. For sure. Okay. Yeah. I and have, uh, my camping gear is essentially my prep gear, and in that I have freeze-dried food, um, right. not enough to probably get me through, and I have water ready to go just for an emergency in general. But in my camping gear, I also have machete. I have two hatchets. <laughs> Love the machetes. Uh, one of my hatchets also is a crowbar and a hammer. Um, <laughs> and then I think I have a VHF hand radio. Um, which is okay. VHF is really great because it, it, VHF only works on site to site, so it's not great like a ham, which can go out there. Uh, VHF is really great if you have like um, somebody within sight of you and you can communicate with them over long distances. But yeah, I think the biggest tragedy that we haven't talked about yet with this kind of stuff is that like the zombie apocalypse will reward, reward the people that are like carry guns. And like our preppers and stuff, so it'll just like it, and those are like so, like the hardest people to be around. 
I will say concerning. I will say the best news in this whole event. Everything is bad news except yeah. that he said sword people won't live. That was my big concern. Was that it was just gonna be me and all the guys that have katanas on their walls? I think I think yeah. Travis has a point though. It's like okay, so the zombie apocalypse comes and we weed out people, but the people that are left. Are like, do we really want that to be what's left of humanity? Do we want to yeah. be the guy that has an underground bunker? <laughs> Essentially, do we want? Um, uh, are you no. by any chance looking for Reba McIntyre in Tremors? Is that the reference you're I, looking for? I right want now? Reba McIntyre in Tremors <laughs> to be my prepper friend. I don't want Plus she's uh, got a John great Goodman in, <laughs> yeah, yep, uh, in Cloverfield, Ten in Cloverfield, Cloverfield Lane. Too. Yeah, yeah. That. All right, so you don't know what his intentions are. But that's exactly. all that's going to be. Do you want to be his John daughter Goodman's. or his meal? Ooh. Exactly. Uh, mm. So I, yeah, I want uh, Reba McIntyre and her husband in Tremors. I don't want John Goodman. But how many uh, Rebas are we gonna have out there? And I don't know. I, I can deal with the decimation of the population, like ninety five percent of people dying. But the thing that's sad is the five percent are gonna be the shittiest five percent. Yeah, they're gonna yeah. be like the most annoying people. They're gonna be the guys that wear cargo pants. It, they're going to be the guys that, even though the world has ended, they're going to be like, yeah, man, but man, that Obama. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> so bad oh. socialism's over. Yeah. Ugh. Where's your, yeah, how's all that hopey, changey stuff working for you now? <laughs> Wait, does that mean you don't think any of like the hippie communes are going to make it through? They're self-sufficient. Oh, I have they're a cousin that is gonna absolutely going to survive, right? and it's going to be great. He, just him and his goats and his and his six-string guitar. Some of them will make it. Yeah. Yeah. Some of them will make it, but then, then thanks Obama's going to come through with his, you know... And he's going to be vindicated, <laughs> right? Because he survived. <laughs> That's yeah. true. That's true. Uh, anyway. You're not killing, you're dying. That's yeah. a little tragedy. My very last thing, and this is might not be relevant, is he said something about about Twitter and stuff, and I was a little bit paying attention and a little bit looking at the clock and stuff. But that is that's a movie nobody's made. I feel like is like the Arab Spring version yeah. of the zombie apocalypse. Because as long as Twitter's servers stay up, a certain kind of person is going to have more information and survive. When I right? found that tip online, and I think it mainly speaks to this, is when the outbreak is initially happening. That's like the first indicator that something's going on, and before like the poopy hits the fan and you really want to go and go to that Walmart, right? You want to get there before everybody else. Yeah. So if you're watching Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, there's going to be some people doing selfies among the, the zombie apocalypse or just going, oh my, oh my gosh, I just saw this happen. And you might be tipped off and go, I know what that is before everybody else. Or news articles and things like, like in Shaun right. of the Dead where all these news things are coming around and they're just oblivious to it, Right. If you're tipped off to it first, you're probably going to be able to get there ahead of everybody else and have your plan in place while everybody else is just lingering about. Fake news. Okay. Well, I think that's it. Thank you guys very much for coming in. I appreciate it. Thanks for having us, man. Hopefully the zombie apocalypse doesn't hit while you're on the ferry. I'm going to give some thank yous and shout outs again to Craig Engler with Z Nation and Dr. Tara Smith with Kent State. Dr. Smith has actually come back on the podcast since then when we were uh, going through the beginnings of this COVID-19 pandemic. Uh, She came on and we had a pretty good conversation about what exactly is fact and fiction when we have pandemics. Because as far as I'm concerned, uh, all I know about pandemics, at least at the time, all I knew about pandemics was outbreak or... uh, World War Z, something like that. Also, thank you to Liz Ellis and Travis Sampson for coming on and stirring the conversation with Nick and I. And I think that's going to round up our Halloween specials here in the month of October. Halloween, the greatest holiday out of all the year. But we are not stopping. There is more Northwest Nerd reruns coming up next week and the week after that. So stay tuned for that. Until then... I'm Dyer Oxley with Northwest Nerd.